Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Bill. My name is Chris, my name is always Parker and Alex, and we watched Evolution, one of the last cultural artifacts of pre-9-11 the United States of America. And uh, it wasn't quite what I expected it would be, but I still had a better time than I expected. So I got uh, that. And you probably had a better time than I did, because uh, uh, apology accepted, buddy. Uh, well, <laughs> shan't be getting one. So uh, you're saying we deserved it? <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news? Man, the Flash is looking great, fellas. We're back for our weekly <laughs> update as we learned. Friend of the show. And comrade, Ezra Miller, was filming reshoots for this movie that was supposed to come out five years ago while evading police. Is that not the coolest fucking thing you've ever heard? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, how would they catch him? Exactly. I, I do like the idea of, like, Warner Brothers, like, painting Wiley e. Coyote backgrounds that, like, fool the police. <laughs> It's just officers arriving at the scene and shooting their guns into the ground like Yosemite yeah. said. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like multiple warrants out in multiple states and incidents in other countries. Like, hey Ezra, you got five minutes to go. Okay, stand in front of that green screen and be like, Batman, look out. Perfect. We're going to get this movie out on schedule, baby. It's coming. <laughs> just a reminder, scrapped a completely done movie and they're still just chugging along here. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah, this movie's gonna be really good. So. Oh, it has to. Be. I. I mean, yeah. we're we're gonna watch it. So yeah. Correct. I'm more excited than only watch good movies at yes. any point. I'm hyped to see this. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I guess we can get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Uh, I'm gonna go last. Mine ties in with some. Oh, mine does too, buddy. <laughs> All right. Someone well, then I guess you're the just fall on the grenade here. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, so, uh, as many of you know, I moved into a new building, like, about a month ago. Uh, mm -hmm. So today, I'm, like, going down to the lobby to get a package, because uh, we, we bought a, a new pantry that I have to spend three hours putting together tomorrow, which is going to make me want to kill myself, but whatever, not the point of the story. I get in there, and it's like, you ever, like... You, like, get up for the day to, like, go out and do something, and you walk out the door, and you realize that, like... You got, like, a lot of gas from the day before just, like, trapped inside you. Uh, so anyway, I, 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 like, I knew that I had, like, just a, a fucking righteous one to let out. So I get in the elevator on the seventh floor. I press the button to go down to the lobby. And, like, this fart comes out of me, and, like, I'm literally counting Mississippis. I, I, oh I, I, I didn't quite get to four, but, like, three and a half, roughly. Like, it was just, like, you know, like, all of the sins of my weekend coming out in one shot. And then... Walking a little bit swifter after it that. It stops on the fifth floor, and two paramedics get in with a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> 
And like they didn't say anything, but I know that they knew. And I've just got to live with that now. That guy, that might have been the last thing that guy smelled before he died. Like, I, I don't know. It's like he's lost the will to live. <laughs> like now, now this is it for me. <laughs> so if I see an in memoriam in this building somewhere, just know that uh, I'm not going to show my face for another six months. Or your ass. Like I said. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, on that cheery note, I guess we can uh, talk about what we watched. I, uh, I watched a whole lot more of the horror movies from the list, uh, most of which I'm getting into because... They're starting to become the same sort of thing. I've seen so many Dracula movies with Christopher Lee, and he's feeling about the same way that I am about it, uh, or at least he was back then. He's just not even acting. He's just kind of there. He's not even like saying any lines, you know? And the movies are getting progressively worse, and uh, part of the reason for that is I was going like kind of chronologically, because sometimes it's kind of fun to see how like film develops over time and stuff. So I, uh, I'm done with all the 1910s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. I finally started 1970. Boy, Parker, have you ever thought that like movies from the 1970s aren't that good? You know, I've had that thought in passing from time to time. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a rough, rough moment for me. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, wait, 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 let me put... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Chris, how many have you checked off on the list now? Like, what's your what's your count? Oh, good. Uh, one second, let me check that. The website's loading. I promise this isn't a bit. I'm actually no. curious because no. I know you've been watching uh, a lot. Yeah, right now I'm at 669. Yeah. So, uh, right, so are on. you past Parker? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I'm in the five. Past Parker a while ago. I haven't yeah. checked recently, but I'm uh, pretty sure I'm still in the fives. Mm. Yeah, you're not missing much, I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't know, wait, wait, actually, I, I want to load up that website again, because I said I was going through, like, chronologically, right? And I finished the 1960s and the 1950s and the 1940s and 30s and 20s, but I said 1910s, and I don't know if there's anything from the 1910s, let me check. Oh my god, they got something from 1896 <laughs> on here that I watched, by the way. Yeah, well, it's a short, so it was like two minutes, so I was like, all right, that's an easy check. Oh, oh no, that's bullshit. Check. You should get count. Oh, my God, dude. So this this thing from 1896, I remember it. So it's called The Box, okay? And there's just, it's, this obviously, it's a silent movie. It's not very long. It just shows, like, a picture of this box. It has, like, kind of like a slit inside of it. And you see a hand go up to it that puts a, a folded piece of paper. And then the camera draws back, and it's a woman's hand. And then it goes upwards, and it says voting booth. And then it just ends. <laughs> so that's I'm going to watch that. <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mots. <laughs> what I I was I was thinking, you know, the other thing they could have done is it's just a picture of a McQuiston brother for fifteen minutes. <laughs> As someone who has all anyway, those Christopher yeah, yeah. Lee Dragon yeah. movies downloaded, I look at it and I'm like I have like two months worth of assignments. I can't in good faith watch Dracula and the Seven Golden Vampires or whatever the fuck this is. I got some work to get. Oh, there. I think I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, well, Scars of Dracula is Countess Dracula is blah 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 whatever bullshit. Dracula. Is is yeah. that the one where there's like a there's a Dracula in space and there's one in like the tiny world and there's one in like a haunted mansion and then you have to go through that turtle movie. to get to the other thing? Uh, oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> sorry, I just stepped on that. Thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Alright, well, uh, so much... Oh, boy. Uh, some of the other ones on here, like, it, it's just getting kind of annoying. I finished... By the way, that's stupid. Uh, just the only one I want to talk about. First of all, fuck the movie Juno. Because <laughs> that was the one that we're... Which is... It's not on the list, though. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that's, yeah... Yeah, that fucking stupid shit. It's the that was the one where at, at some point in the movie Juno says that the best horror director of all time was Herschel Gordon Lewis. Incorrect. And as soon as I was watching, I was like, "Yeah, I, I heard they were saying that." I was like, "What? No, John Carpenter's better. Everyone's better. Fucking, I, I'd watch anyone except Herschel Gordon Lewis." So I put what on. What about Eli Roth? Uh, di- she watches. I'd rather watch Eli Roth. Okay, uh, I don't believe she that. puts on. Uh, she puts on uh, the Wizard of Gore, <laughs> which is a movie that, that he directed, is not a good movie. and she watches it with that guy. And boy, that movie fucking blows. So There's something shit. wrong with it. And she was, she says in the movie, yeah, this is better than Suspiria. Well, you're on drugs, so fucking that baby's gonna be born retarded. Man, there's so much of Juno I, yeah. I forgot. I should watch that again. No, Juno fucking can suck my dick. So, anyway, not the... Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. like the horror movies. Uh, but you know what I do like? Uh, I like the Alamo. And I like going to the Alamo for their epic Sundays, where they show movies that are just like... I, I, I don't know what qualifies as epic. They're just good, I guess. Uh, and this one, they had a very good one. They had a double feature of Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Now, I'll tell you this. Blade Runner, uh, the first one, they showed the Final Cut, which is the preferred version. Still a wonderful movie. I love it. Uh, I have a lot of fun with it every single time. I love the music. I love the story. I love the way that it looks. It's, it's just a wonderful movie. It's Ridley Scott at his best. Blade Runner 2049 uh, is a good movie. It is not great. And I will say mm-hmm. that this is the one that really fucked me in the ass as a long movie guy. Uh, Boy, yes, I was sir. questioning myself on yes, this one. Sir. This is, I mean, I was physically uncomfortable in my chair for sitting that long. I was like, God, I gotta move around. If this was like another movie, I would have been like, oh, I'm, I'm locked in. I, I gotta see this. But for Blade Runner 2049, I was there's a whole lot of looking at not very much, and it looks really good, but so there's pretty, not very but much. Yeah, uh, that like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, sorry. no, 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 no. I just I didn't want to you know talk over you. I thought oh. that's what the hand is for. Oh, it's okay. This is an <laughs> unironic hand usage, Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so I know that I have a lot of takes that have aged very, very well in the sense that like when I said them, you guys are like you're a fucking idiot, and like it, at later times you're like yeah, he was kind of onto something there. My 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 take on the director of Blade Runner twenty forty nine is evergreen as far as I'm concerned. That guy, I love the way he shoots scenes, but every single one of his movies is forty five minutes too long. It, it's painful. It's painful. Parker, what, what director is he talking about? Can you say his name out loud for us? Uh, no, I physically oh. can't. <laughs> uh, Dennis Villanueva, right? Yeah, I, that's the way I literally say it. Except I say it the way that like the South Park people say Lollapalooza. I, I, that's I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that the only reason I know how to actually pronounce his last name correctly is because it's the same last name that the French admiral that lost at Trafalgar had. So. Okay. <laughs> right, <all> right. <laughs> Where are my Lord Nelson boys at? Right. What, what? I haven't yeah. seen 2049 because uh, that was a... That was like a sub episode twenty episode. That was years ago. Yeah. That was a, that? Yeah. Oh, like that was might have been a single digits um, one. Honestly, <laughs> that was an old. It episode. I, I don't know. I think. Fuck! I don't even remember. Did we do? Something? We may have done something like that. I I just remember that I think I had to watch it on my TV, and that movie is best seen 
on a big screen. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. Uh, but with a with a break between uh, Blade Runner and that movie, because boy, you need to get some blood back in the cheeks. Like, it has uh, the other thing about it, it is has built in yeah. breaks because when Jared Leto pops up, you're like, oh, I don't care about this scene, and then you oh, go yeah, pee, no. and you're fine. Also, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, he shows I, up like I every also, thirty I, minutes. You're like, oh, sick. Thanks. I didn't. I didn't even pee. I just like straightened my back. I was like, Fuck. I. That's I took a pee break the first time I saw it, which I never do with movies, especially movies that I'm enjoying. And I, I got up and went to pee, like, the second they got to, like, you know, Future Vegas. And when I came mm-hmm. back, they were holding on almost the same shot of Future Vegas. And I was like, oh, I missed literally nothing. Like, wow. That's <laughs> actually impressive. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is I feel that the story is the real problem here. I'm not sure that the movie, like, maybe the movie could use an editor, fine, whatever. But I th- I feel like the story is a bit cluttered and it's maybe it's mismanaged with the way that it goes from point A to point G, then point B. And you're like, well, come on, what are we doing here? Uh, the original is a lot better, but it's also not a bad movie. I did have a good time with it, and I'm happy I got no, to see I, I, it. So I, it, I completely yeah. agree with you in that sense. Like, I think it's a movie yeah. that's worth watching. There are mm-hmm. a ton of problems with it, and a lot of them come from what I like to call the Star Wars problem, which is a thing where, like, the director expects you to care about the mythos. And, like, as far as I'm concerned, oh, yeah, that if too. you're making a movie that's, like, that far removed from the original, not version, but, like, the, the I guess the first in the series, we have to call it now, like... You yeah, you uh, can't just assume that I give a shit about Jared Leto and the Vampiric Council. Like I, that's that's just a bridge too far. Like you, you're asking too much of me. Which is kind of interesting because his whole backstory is just in the opening prologue, and we're supposed to just buy it off that. I'm like, oh, he's so scary. The dead really. speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to see both those in a the theater on separate days. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's a separate day sort of thing. Also, man. It, it's nice to have a science fiction movie that genuinely makes me think. I, where I walked out of it, and I kind of sat in my car for a bit, I thought about, you know, men and machines. There's a great article in The Atlantic about the death of the manual transmission, and it kind of reminded me of that Some movie. Some of us are holding and, on, uh, Yeah, hey, right here, dude. So, uh, anyway, yeah, Blade Runner totally holds up. Blade Runner 2049, it's okay to revisit whenever you feel like it, but Blade Runner, that should be your thing. Okay, this next one I gotta do. The other Alex texted me out of the blue. Maybe my favorite text I've ever got out of the blue. No, Parker, not that. A different Uh-oh. one. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> she texted me, Have you ever seen a movie called Rock and Rule? And I was like, Hell yes, I have. That's one of my favorite movies. And uh, Rock and Roll is this little Canadian animated movie from 1983 that's basically like a Chris Bingo sheet if someone like dumped all their chips all over it. It's just everything I want in a movie. And it's on. What was that? K pop back then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I'll tell you this the only thing it doesn't have is a long runtime. It's under 80 minutes. So. Four squares on my board. I get it, buddy. I know, there you go. So, uh, I, I happen to love that movie. I'm, I'm really into it. The basic idea is it's so far past the apocalypse that rats have mutated, become sort of like anthropomorphized, and they form like a rock band to take down a, some sort of demon or something like that. It's, it's really, really, uh, it's got a lot of classic rock in there, so would not necessarily recommend it for you guys, but I happen to like it. Parker, it's got that guy from the Metallica album, Lou Reed. So, oh, Jesus uh, for Christ. You. Um, <laughs> hey, Josh, two <laughs> Anyway, continue. <laughs> 
<laughs> Any, anyway, well, we're, we're going to get to Josh. He's my jerk of the week. Uh, <laughs> wow, so uh, <laughs> he doesn't even remember what he did. Anyway, uh, so I was like, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, where'd you hear about it? And she said, oh, one of my employees told me about it. And I was like, oh, sick, man. I, I love the movie. I was thinking about it all day, which is, man, just a great feeling. I, I fucking love that movie. So I was looking more uh, about it online. I found on Wikipedia one of its influences was a short cartoon that aired in Canada, I think by the same company, and they, they made this cartoon uh, that was uh, a Halloween special. So it was like 25 minutes. I was like, I got 25 minutes. I watched it. I liked it. Didn't love it. But uh, I was I was really impressed. The animation was very good for such a small studio. Anyway, I just want to play a, a little moment that happens in that movie that uh, I recorded here. So it, These are the two little mice, and they meet after having been apart for uh, a long period of time. Dan! Oh, Dan! Oh, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Uh, me too. Oh, really, you? What have you been doing? Traveling around, writing songs. How about you? I sold my soul to the devil. <laughs> yes? What? So, uh, that's, I, that's just kind of a, a funny thing. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Anyway, so that that's called The Devil and Daniel Mouse, in which uh, the girl sells her soul to the devil. <laughs> you should have led with that. I didn't want to lead with that because it spoiled the fun of it. So, uh, Anyway, that's uh, just one thing that I watched. And the last thing that I watched is I finally got around to the Netflix documentary of uh, Woodstock 1999. And... So this is one where I mentioned the Hulu documentary uh, on the same subject a while back, which I liked and definitely did not love. There are a lot of problems with that one. A lot of too much Moby. Why? Why is Moby one of the talking heads? Mo, I don't want Moby to talk here. He should. He, he needs to go back to writing love letters to Natalie Portman. They're a cute couple. Anyway, uh, the the problem with the Netflix one is not the length. It's I think it runs about two hours fifteen minutes, but it's in forty five minute chunks. So you don't really mind all that much, and it goes into more detail about some things, but it doesn't go into enough detail on others. I will say points taken off immediately for not beginning with my own worst enemy by lit because that's just such a strong opening for this subject. But points immediately reassigned for uh, starting off with all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. So you know, back in my favorite. Actually, wait, no, that's wrong. It doesn't start off with that. When it starts talking about the subject, it does, but the cold open is a song, uh, I think it's called Song 2 by Blur or something, and my jerk of the week is Josh for sending me a video of himself going, poo poo, to uh, the opening, so <laughs> thanks for that. The whole video? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I can't post a video because my phone. So the like I said, the problem with the uh, with the with the Pulu documentary, or is uh, <laughs> well, I can never hear that song again. God damn it! Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with the Hulu documentary is there was a whole lot, of, obviously, too much Moby, but there's also like these young straight white men were raging. It was like, but the band is called Rage Against the Machine. What do you want them to do? I don't and see a in this one, yeah. Well, you that your your eyes are open, man. So. This one's a lot better. Uh, I will say that it goes into a lot of detail on some subjects, but it doesn't go into enough detail on others. I think a lot of people have been getting this one wrong on certain subjects. People said, well, it didn't go into enough detail about the rape. I think, on the contrary, they did a very good job addressing uh, the rapes that happened there. The concert promoter, John Schur, who I correctly identified as the villain the first time around, it is, it is only reinforced the second time around, tried to justify it but says you know it was on a small scale as far as we know and it didn't even affect anyone 
uh, except for whoever it happened to. It, it does that great thing that documentaries should do more often, where they just let a bad person just keep on talking. And that's not trying to show both sides. That is, it just holds on a shot of this guy after he just said this repugnant fucking shit. And you're just like, oh my god, that guy is such a fucking asshole. And I, I guess a lot of people don't, didn't really understand that. I think maybe that's like the whole, like... Uh, depiction is not like endorsement thing that a lot of people today don't understand. I will say that as much as I did enjoy this, I feel like you gotta watch both. It's kind of like the the Fire Festival documentaries, in which you're just better off watching both of them. Also because it's a really interesting subject. This, I, I will say this. I don't I don't know about live music. It's like I've I've seen uh, a bunch of bands. I've been to a bunch of concerts. I had a good time, but this looks miserable. This looks like I would have had the worst time of my life. And yet you have people who are there who are describing how bad it smelled, how awful the water was, and how hot it was, and how violent it was and everything. And they said, yeah, best time of my life, I'd do it all over again. And yeah, maybe they were on drugs or something, but like, fuck, I would not go there. I, you could bring back John Lennon from the dead and George Harrison from the dead, and I, I wouldn't fucking go. It's just not in the cards for me. Anyway, uh, Parker, do you, re- do you remember the, uh, the Hulu documentary? Is there anything that stood well. out there for me? I remember my yeah, biggest takeaway uh, being I would give anything to go back in time and be at that corn concert, oh, which is not really a thing I ever thought. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I agree for it. So the, the lead singer of Korn was at Jonathan Davis. Yes. He's another talking head in this one. I and that guy in it's still World reinforced. Weapons. He does look just like you, but with dreads. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he actually made a good point. He, he did make a really good point. Like, So a lot of people were like blaming the bands. Right, they're blaming Rage Against the Machine for doing what they do best, and Corn and and uh, other bands uh, that, whose names escape me. And they're like, "Oh yeah, they were playing really hardcore, energetic music. The crowd was too energetic. You know, like how could you possibly get them so amped up?" And it was like, "Well, his name is Fred Durst. Okay, <laughs> he's he's got a thing. Why would you why would you bring a grizzly bear to a china shop? Okay, you you know what's going to happen now." That's the other thing about Fred Durst is it also shows like the camera from his perspective, and I'm like, when you have the mic in your hands and you have the crowd at your fingertips, yeah, you're going to have some fucking energy because you're never going to have that uh, sort of uh, position again. Yeah, 250 thousand fans there. Anyway, after he plays "Break Stuff," Evan's favorite song, uh, he's a, they had to basically pull the plug on him. He had to he he got out there and. I don't. Someone was here if he was like, "So, what'd you think of them destroying that fucking control tower right in front of your city?" He was like, "Yo, dude. First of all, it's not my fault. Second of all, it was fat. When you mean like the PHAT thing, and I have to say, this means it's a cultural document. This is the last time anyone's ever said the word fat spelled PHAT like that out loud. So uh, it's like finding a dinosaur bone. That's actually anyway, I, like <laughs> that line alone convinced me to watch this because like otherwise oh, I would oh, have because a... like I kind of like know what happened and i've read a book about this and like i don't need the documentary but also like if i can hear fred durst say fat on my tv like done sign me up Mm -hmm. like that's all i need yeah i i have to say i as much as i liked it i know there are a bunch of people who are like oh only okay or whatever and uh, i guess i'm not a true documentary beard i know i have lower standards for documentaries than other people but i i'm I'm just a sucker for some of the stuff i'm always a sucker for that uh 
for that ominous thing at the beginning, it's like, that should have been a sign to us. You know, like the when Ryan Leaf said he would party in Vegas if he was drafted. That that should have been a sign that we can't draft him. So for this one, it's uh, they had just built like both stages and control towers and all the uh, walls and the amenities and everything. They're like, oh, we have to christen this. It's the SS Woodstock 99. And how are we going to do that? Got a great idea. We'll get a champagne bottle. We'll wrap it in a tie-dye t-shirt and we'll break it on the thing. It took him like 30 fucking tries to break the champagne bottle <laughs> that does a lot for me <laughs> i will say i forgot about this one parker do you remember who the opening act was for woodstock 99 oh. give me a hint come on uh he's uh black oh <laughs> oh fuck yeah dude yeah <laughs> yeah okay james brown yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> there you go in 1999 <laughs> He probably had a great time with the experience. He got his check, and he was out of there an hour later. Oh, yeah, that's... Well, the thing is, like, there is, like, about the check, there was, like, some drama. Like, he wasn't supposed to go on stage because he wasn't paid in advance, but then he did anyway because there's 250,000 fucking people there. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I will say it was interesting. This one did not address uh, DMX being there, where uh, people were like, you had white people saying the N-word. Yeah, because DMX told them to. That's my one takeaway I remember from the other one. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you can't interview him for this anymore. Like, how can you put that Also that, that, yeah. I, I yeah. like. I'm not even saying that in, like a shitty way. Like, like what? But that. Yeah. What is that goo? Like, why do I want to hear music critics talk about DMX's set? Like, when I have so I, I about it already. Well, oh no, not like as a talking head, but like in the uh, Hulu documentary, people were he was playing a whatever one of his songs were, and he he was holding up the microphone to the people at a point where the yeah. N word is dropped in the song, and it's a bunch of white men, and they say it and everything, and then he cut to a bunch of talking heads saying just like you had white men saying it. And I was just like, but the microphone is there. What do you th- he wants them to do it. He's very nice. Come on, I don't want him to attack me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in this one, they just don't even address it, which is like, whatever. I didn't, I didn't really care. Uh, but that it feels like it was something that's like people ought to know about. I will say it was also kind of nice in this one that people like they do it just like, yeah, there was a lot of nudity, like a lot of nudity. But the first one did a better job of explaining why there was so much. It wasn't just like, oh, we're on drugs, free love, whatever. It was fucking 110 degrees with all that body heat and everything. That's the real reason that women were naked, Bro, all right? It was fucking hot as balls there. If I were there. Like, Speaking of, like, I know that it's his thing, but tremendous amount of confidence from Flea, all right? Like, you can say what you will. It was like, oh yeah, he does that all the time. 250,000 people there, okay? <laughs> that's that, that takes a, a lot of uh, spine for him. So, that, I, I don't know, I, I think it's an interesting subject, I think it was cool, so I, I do recommend watching uh, Trainwreck, Woodstock 99, and also the Hulu documentary, watch them back-to-back if you enjoy that sort of thing. Alex, uh, what are the two things you want to talk about? Alright, so, last week I very much went for quantity over quality, and sometimes you just need a break from that. So, uh, I watched two things, and both of these things are available to any and all of you at any time on YouTube.com. Because A, YouTube is the best place to watch dogshit movies, and B, I couldn't find them anywhere else. Um, So the first movie I watched is a movie from 1990 called Prayer of the Roller Boys. Um, (laughs) This is Parker. (laughs) Wait a lengthy discussion about this after you signed off. (laughs) This is a movie that I don't remember how we found this last week, but. 
It was through somebody, like the writer or the director or something of some movie we were fucking talking about. Like, apparently it's like, oh, he directed this movie about rollerblading starring Corey Haim from 1990. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to watch this. So let me set this up for you. It is a sci-fi movie set far enough in the future that America has collapsed and, quote, the minorities are taking over. Um... (laughs) We we don't know exactly how the world came to be in this state, but we get some context clues. One of them is, uh, you know, Corey Haim talking about how he doesn't want to go north to uh, to go to quote the fallout fields, which I guess is where they just mine nuclear material. Uh, we get a shot of a newspaper in which uh, the headline is "Germany buys Poland." We. We get another throwaway line of dialogue where uh, we find out that the IDF has cleaned up, quote, the Northern Ireland uh, problem, which uh, I don't want to know exactly (laughs) what that was about. But anyway, this is the world we're set in. So Corey Haim and his younger brother are living with an old black man named Speedbagger who uh, every time he's on scene is just holding a uh, holding a speed bag for one of the kids to punch because I guess that's that's just you know it's important uh, okay well, I, I should I should clarify that statement there is one scene where he's not holding a speed bag that we will get to um oh boy he must feel so empty it feels like isn't that like they name like Mega Man th- uh, items that aren't even enemies that just sort of sit there and bouncy to the next level bro his name is literally Speedbagger in air quotes in the fucking credits like it's <laughs> it's fine though so uh uh right. so Corey Haim is trying to take care of his little brother cause he I guess they're orphans or fucking whatever and he's working for some pizza delivery company and uh He's also really big into rollerblading, as I guess everyone was in 1990. Which is weird to the other characters in this movie, because they're like, Hey, Corey Haim, you're big into rollerblading. Why aren't you in the Roller Boys? Well, let me tell you why. Because the Roller, Blo- the roller Boys are a gang of neo-Nazi roller skaters. <laughs> who are trying to restore America to its former glory. And every time they come into a scene, it's all these dudes with, like, flowing 90s hair in these tan trench coats, just, like, doing synchronized rollerblading, like, up to the screen. Like, there's, like, and there's always, like, fucking, they're rolling, like, 30 deep every time. So it's just, like, left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg. Just, just rolling into the scene. It's real fucking good. Um, so Corey Haim, in the, in the course of doing his pizza delivery job, uh, he comes across a rival gang setting one of the roller boys on fire inside a house. So he backs the pizza delivery van into the house to save the guy. The guy, of course, is the antagonist of this movie, who just hates Corey Haim the rest of the time for literally no reason. Um, we meet all sorts of characters, including the leader of the roller boys, Gary Lee, who uh, I guess is just like... A crazy neo-Nazi roller skater that wants them to deal a shitload of drugs so they can buy back America from everyone who doesn't look like them. At one point, a character mentions that Gary Lee is the great-grandson of Hitler, but it's like a throwaway line. Uh, Gary Lee's plan to save America is not just to sell drugs to everybody it's also to poison all of the drugs with a giant bottle of rat poison that has like an enormous skull and crossbones on it uh 
Corey Haim gets recruited by the cops to infiltrate the Roller Boys and put a stop to their terrorism. But guess what? Like, half the cops are dirty, but, like, not dirty in with the Roller Boys. They're just trying to make money, uh, I guess. I don't really understand, but every time there's a fight or an exposition scene, everyone, and I'm not exaggerating when I say everyone, like, everyone is just on rollerblades. Like, we get all of our dialogue delivered by people just, like, you know, like, rollerblading down the pier next to each other, just, like, shooting the shit. Whenever there's a chase scene, they're on rollerblades. There's, like, an enormous one at the end of the movie where... Corey Haim is running away from Gary Lee, and it's just, like, a speed skating chase through, like, an old-timey warehouse, which is unbelievably good. Um, so what I'm saying is, if you like movies about rollerbladers in the future, absolutely 1,000% watch this. It is dumb as fuck. It is absolutely in the pool of our 2023 episodes, without a doubt, because you guys would both have a fucking blast with this movie. But one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. There was a, this whole period in movie-making history, I guess, where they just decided that the future was going to be all about rollerblades in the way that like people in the 80s thought it was going to be about like hoverboards and shit. I don't know. I don't really understand why this was the technology these people latched onto, but also I found a bunch more rollerblading movies from the early 90s that I will be watching in the near future because there is... I, these could be an R. Dude, I, are. Hold on, let me... Yeah. There is a trilogy that I found in which the movies are called The Rollerblade 7, Legend of the Rollerblade 7, and Return of the Rollerblade 7. Oh and I don't know how they're related, and also, I don't fucking care. I'm gonna find out. Uh, so what I'm saying is, if you are somebody who is heavily invested in the Rollerblade Cinema Continuum, this should be on your list. Otherwise, you're good. <laughs> I had a fucking blast, because also, this movie ends on a sequel tease. <laughs> <laughs> the balls. <laughs> I, one of my favorite things is going to the letterbox. Go to the Letterbox activity page, and Alex be able to, the nerve of this movie to end on a sequel tease, and then he's, like, adding all the sequels to his watches. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those movies are unrelated, buddy. Oh, are well, they? It's well, some other guy that loves rollerblading, I guess. Technically unrelated. Oh. I'm yeah. gonna find out soon. They take place in the same universe, one hopes. Ours, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh... So the other movie I watched this week that I want to talk about, um, I have not yet watched Day Shift on Netflix. Um, that is in my near future. I'm sure I will have things to say about it next week, whether it's good or bad. But as a result of that, some dude that writes for Forbes put out a listicle of like 12 movies you should see that are directed by people that were former stunt directors. And like, obviously I'm going to read that. Like, that's just unbelievably my shit. Like... And a lot of them are, like, things that I've already seen, you know, like, you know, like, John Wick's on there, um, uh, there's, I can't remember, I read this a few days ago, so I don't remember exactly all the stuff that's on there, but I've seen a bunch of them. There's one that I hadn't seen that, that piqued my interest, a movie from 2004 called Born to Fight, which is a action movie from Thailand. Uh, the only copy of which I could find was on YouTube in 144p. So keep that in mind as I'm talking about it, because that was 
what I thought was going to be a major detriment, because, like, you literally can't tell people's faces apart, but actually a major, major selling point. So the opening scene of this movie is one of the coolest action scenes I've ever seen in my life, because it's, like, 15 minutes... There's, like, a chase where there's multiple tractor trailers and people jumping between them and, like, cars driving between them and stuff lighting on fire and tractor trailers going through buildings and stuff. And because it's, you know, a 2004 movie from Thailand, like, it's 100% practical effect. And all of them look incredible. This is one of those movies that you watch and you're just like, how did no one die making this movie? Because there's, like, scenes where dudes get thrown from one tractor trailer, bounce off the other, land in the road, and a tire misses their head by, like, five centimeters, and you're just sitting there watching the movie like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen anything this fucking intense before. And that's kind of the whole movie, because the second act is, like, a bunch of plot, uh... The plot is basically, like, all of these athletes decide to go on, like, a charity mission to, like, this village up in the mountains. And then the village gets taken over by terrorists that execute a bunch of the villagers and also have a nuke that they're going to launch at Bangkok if their demands aren't met. And then the third act is the villagers rising up and defeating the terrorists. But it's a bunch of athletes that went there on, like, this mission trip. So it's, like, all of them harnessing their athletic talents to, you know, fuck up these terrorists with guns. So, you know, obviously you get, like, you know, the Taekwondo master and, like, all of, like, his, like, kids and stuff that are with him that he's protecting by just, like, punching people in the face. But also you get, like, you know, somebody doing a parallel bars routine that ends up with some dude getting kicked in the fucking neck. And then there's, like, a soccer player kicking flaming coconuts at dudes. There's a dude who gets a hit in the head with a soccer ball and falls out of a guard tower. Like, there are so many fucking ideas in this movie, and, like, all of them work because the stunts are all, like, completely fucking real, and they look amazing. This is, to be clear, this is a movie with functionally zero plot, but has better action than maybe anything outside of, like, some of the 70s martial arts movies with Bruce Lee and stuff that, like, I've ever seen in my life. These action scenes are fucking incredible. If you can find, like, a real copy of this movie, like, do what is in your power to watch it. Because it's, like, 90 minutes and 65 of them are some of the coolest fucking stunts you'll ever see in your life. This movie fucking rules. Like, and knowing that I discovered this out of an article about, you know, stunt stunt people who became directors like it makes so much sense because everything in this like there's a there's a fucking scene where a dude driving a flaming motorcycle crashes into a flaming building and flies like 40 feet and it's not a dummy like that's a real fucking dude like everything in this is just like a real fucking dude getting thrown off a moving truck or like a real fucking dude getting a flaming board cracked over his head and it looks so good and, like, I hope to God everybody involved in making this movie is okay, because Jesus Christ, it looks so good and so real. Even in 144p, like, there is not a wire or a computer-generated image to be seen. Like, worth your fucking time if you love action. Um, Parker, you should definitely watch this. Can you you will have time? a... So I can write it down. Uh, Born to Fight short list for this week 
Oh yeah. Sounds boring. Uh, uh, Parker, what'd you watch? One one more thing on that because uh, <laughs> I do have to I I have to take a slight pee break after that. Okay, so slight. yeah, I, and this question this question is like for both of you guys. In all of the movies that you've seen where you know firearms are in play, have you ever seen somebody get shot with a bazooka that wasn't just like the round hits them and there's a big explosion and then they're just like gone or dead or whatever? Oh, well, the movies I've been watching for a while. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, you know, maybe. Usually, I think, I, when I think bazooka shots, I usually think that, like, the camera doesn't even show the fucking hit. Exactly. Like, it shows everything. It shows, like, the building. The building that it was in. Experience. Yeah, this movie's got a bazooka kill where you can see, like, limbs fly out of the fucking cloud and shit. It fucking rules, dude. Finally. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. This guy knows exactly what you're there for. I'm so thankful this movie exists. Like, what a film. Adding to watch list immediately. Also, all of the credits are, like, not really bloopers from the movie so much as they are basically what I would call, like, the Thai version of Jackass. Where it's, like, somebody getting injured in a stunt and everybody, like, coming in and laughing. It's it's really good. <laughs> it's really fucking good. I like the part where Steve-O ran yeah. and picked up the guy's limbs after he got blown up by the bazooka and started vomiting. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> like there's like honestly, like even after everything I just said gushing about this movie, there's like shit that I didn't even get to. Like there's a dude with one leg on a crutch who does like spin kicks and shit. It it's oh my dude, it's okay. all right. well, this movie, a lot of movies. movies fucking movie. tell yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. Alright, uh Parker, I guess uh what did you watch? Oh hang on, I'm still yeah, do your thing, dude. He's still looking up his Tony Jaw stuff. Oh, because, yeah, you're yeah, you're you're in the it, rabbit hole now, huh? Yeah, now that I see that this yeah, is a remake is. of a 1984 film of the same name. Oh my god! So yeah, there's an this original. is the okay. This is the director of the Ongbok movies. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> dude, this like this movie fucking rips, dude. This, like I. <laughs> that's a real game changer. I think I'm I'm safe with I think I'm safe on the list leaderboard for a bit. Yeah, yeah like I'm list. I'm uh like I'm not saying this is like a future episode or anything because like what are we gonna talk about other than how cool it is? But uh, yeah. god fucking damn, this movie owns. Okay, okay, closing this tab. Okay, we're good, we're good. Yeah, uh, Thank you. Yeah, well, it's always time later. Okay, you know, after Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. Let's see. <laughs> I'll skip a couple of these. Uh, well, no, no, see. no. Lay it on us, dude. So, you have a girlfriend, you and you have Disney Plus, right? So you of understand course. the situation where it's like, hey, Lightyear's on here, and you're like, okay, sure, why not? Eh, not so much. I, so, I wouldn't have spent this much time with somebody that thought like that, but continue. <laughs> well, I spend plenty of time with myself, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I really had a moment about halfway through this movie when I realized, like, this isn't... For me, like, which is fine, but also, like, why are so many people my age so mad? This movie is meant for children. Fucking calm yeah. down, nerds. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> why are they so mad? Uh, this is really derivative. Like, yeah, correct. Yes, there are callbacks to this other children's movie. It's made for eight-year-olds. If I saw this movie when I was eight, it'd be my favorite thing on Earth. Because it looks cool as shit. And it's just Buzz and a bunch of people going into space battles over and over and fighting robots. It would have been my favorite movie. Why are people so mad about this fucking movie? 
Well, uh, I, I know why half the people are mad about it, but uh, they're not the ones who are our age. <laughs> uh, think of it, the Ron DeSantis crowd, oh, of you know? course. Yeah. Uh, they, line where literally, they're mad because I also, well, I guess you're the only God. one on the show who's actually watched it. Uh, yeah, there is a, I guess the black woman in there is a lesbian or something. If you look away, if you look down at your popcorn, you'll miss it. Like, it's not a factor at all. Who could care? Oh. It's a complete fucking, it's the Disney, uh, I'll just pay it one line of lip service and that's all you'll ever hear about it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a perfectly fine kids movie. It's fine. Easily edited for China. He learns the same lesson like 30 times, but it's fine because kids are bad at learning lessons. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Just because you watch something as a kid doesn't mean you have to fucking hold on to it forever and ever and ever. Fucking grow up, losers. That's God, me saying I it. I would love for someone to say that to most of the people I know. <laughs> like, it really... No, just... you don't understand. My kid also has to love Harry Potter. He's not going to be a nerd at all. We're picked on or anything. My kid's going to play right? Super Nintendo Continue. games. Your kid's going to fucking suck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I say we watch this, I meant, like, this was, like, the fourth movie we had on that day. And I spent a lot of it, like, in the kitchen. We were making food yeah. and stuff. Like, this wasn't a sit-down, like... Oh boy, light years on. So you know there was a oh, lot of more Disney wokeness. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of Man like in the kitchen cooking all the food. <laughs> Go figure. Oh no, I was just doing the prep. I don't cook a fucking thing. I'm useless in there. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a lot out the of napkins and folding them. <laughs> Is she also afraid to chop onions because of the knife? <laughs> no, that's me. Don't answer that. It's fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Fucking... I mean, there was a lot of like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. You want to pause it? Ah, that's fine. You just tell me if anything happens. Like a perfectly serviceable movie that I'm happy to pay zero dollars for. It's fine. Nerds, please grow up. We all enjoyed Toy Story one and two as kids. It's time to move on. So, as I say that, boy, you know a horror movie is good when it gets that uh straight to peacock release, folks. Holy <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>, guacamole. <laughs> Now, I'm going to tell you exactly why I picked this movie. One, because I have brain damage. Second of all, uh, so it's a summer camp slasher movie, right? But it takes place at a gay conversion camp. And it's called They Slash Them. But you pronounce the slash because it's a slasher movie. So, like, obviously I'm fucking in, right? Immediately hitting play. Yeah. 48 minutes until the first kill happens. And then 40 more minutes for the next one. Zero stars. Go fuck yourself. Absolute garbage. Most annoying fucking wretched kids. Like, this movie made me think several times, like, am I I a bigot? Because I fucking hate every single one of these kids. Am I the bad person? (laughs) Do I... Do I need to go to some classes? Look, they all fucking break into song and sing a fucking pink song about LGBT acceptance. Like, oh, oh, come the on. most embarrassing oh, thing I've ever seen. Oh. Just wretched dog shit. And of course, the whole movie's like, wow, who's the killer? Who's the killer? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the one other adult with speaking lines in the movie. Let me guess. It was a previous camp attendant? Wow, crazy. Credits. Thanks. Absolute hot garbage. <laughs> hey, this is what your people love. I, I, like, I will say, are you referring to Texas people or are you referring to horror I was community referring guys? To horror fans, oh, right, but, yeah. I will say that, that is an all-time uh, title. That it's like it's one so of the truly good. great titles. It's, it's, yeah, 
I, I wasn't aware how it was pronounced, and that makes so much more sense. Yeah, it's so fucking good, dude. Yeah. That's and the great, camp yeah. counselor's Kevin Bacon. Like, I'm not going to not hit play. They tricked me. Yeah, I, I, you have to. I get it. I think with that title, I probably would have done it. I would like, oh, this would have been funny for the show. Then I would have been like, well, 1,001. Oh. Yeah. I mean, statistically, Chris, you are the bigger horror fan. I mean, numbers don't lie. I, I guess, yeah, numbers don't We've lie. In terms of that. Uh, we should yeah. take him to a convention. No. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. We'll dress you up. Yeah. Only takes two. Spit in the face of there. Tom Savini. Maybe we can get some <laughs> horror fans to guest on the show. Like, I'm sure their mics are great. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, who is who's the who's the guy who uh, went to the he went to like CPAC? It was that guy Rob Wisman, I think. And he was asked like, uh, "How long are you waiting in line to see Donald Trump?" The guy's like, uh, "Oh, an hour forty five minutes." He's like, "All right, hour forty five minutes, cool." He walks away. Went wait an hour forty five minutes to see fucking Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that would be me at the uh, horror convention. <laughs> well, you know. It does, in fact, only take two, and Shinron is very powerful. We gotta go get all of his balls after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You don't gotta build anymore, so. Hey, uh, (laughs) so here's the thing, Chris. Your your, uh, Fortnite Dragon Balls are gonna count for the game of games. I don't okay, play hang Fortnite. On a second. <laughs> I don't play uh, well, uh, you might no. want to start. All right, we're not we're not doing game of games this year. I'm sure Mac will play with us. No, he's not allowed. Okay, so uh, that's all I have to say about that. But for a bit of context, we watched that before Lightyear, so that's why that movie went up an extra star. Because oh. holy, <laughs> I was Jesus. gonna say, yeah, that's actually that was a nice fair, palate yeah. cleanser while making dinner. <laughs> like, ah, oh, cool. No one's singing a song by Pink. Speaking of songs, uh, guess who hasn't seen Drive since it was in theaters? This guy right here. Uh-huh. Also, this guy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. all three of us, I think. Yeah. I was very nervous going in because, uh, I mean, first there was just the wave of the worst people on earth who all bought that jacket, which that steered me off for a solid three years. I could not watch that fucking movie. Just the worst <laughs> fucking garbage nerds on earth wearing that fucking scorpion jacket, which I might buy. Yes. Um, and then, of course, our favorite director, who has only become worse and more oh, insufferable. That, that fucking guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> really, like, that the further I get away with it, it's like, do I want to go back to this? Like, is this going to taint the whole experience? Well, um, I, I will say that I'm glad that you did, because, like, it's something I've been afraid of for a while, because I've seen two of his other, at least, I think, I guess now three of his other movies. And each yep. one is, like, worse than the other. I'm like, God, do, does this guy suck? Do, do I suck for liking... I loved Drive when it came out. I thought Drive was fucking I, great. I, I I think he just got lucky. It might be. All that Parker... Uh, yeah, from what I hear, it was a Ryan Gosling yeah. thing, but go ahead, Parker. Oh, it still absolutely fucks. But there are all some right. moments where, knowing the director, I'm like, all right, buddy, go fuck yourself. This, this <laughs> does not need to be in slow motion. Eat my whole fucking ass. <laughs> that fucking... That last shot after, at the very end where it's just like... A minute uninterrupted close up of his face, and then he blinks. It was really like, all right, I, I've seen your games since then, motherfucker. <laughs> Absolutely suck my oh, dick. Yeah. Has Parker seen Neon Demon? Yes, uh, that yeah, was an yeah. assignment that yeah. uh, the lady watched with me, and she has also not forgiven you. <laughs> that movie's wretched. You hear her voice from the forgive. other room. Was like, yeah. you're still talking to them. <laughs> you know who else doesn't forgive, Chris? The Joker. <laughs> It's only one man who does, apparently. Oh, God. Oh, God. Only God forgives. I that fucking... I think Only God Forgives... I, I actually is, feel bad about that. I, yeah. I think Only God Forgives might actually be worse than Neon Demon. 
I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to go back and revisit. But and if you can, I compare definitely them. totally know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was always said. Well, the other one that I, that I watched from him was um, uh, the, the Bronson, the the one with uh, that guy in it. That and, was him. Uh, huh. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm that. pretty sure that was. Oh him. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, he did Bronson. Multiple of those, didn't he? Like, there's more than one, I think. Well, no, I think that's the only one. That's, uh, what am I thinking of? No, I know. I, I, I think, fucking, yeah, yeah. Is it the Mads Mikkelsen one? No, no, no. That... It's uh, it's the one yes. with... Yes. Yeah. I don't remember what they're called, but... It's same, oh. but that's what I'm talking oh, about. I oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I watched Bronson. That was uh, the one with the guy from Venom. And uh, I thought it was, like, every once in a while, I was like, oh, that's okay. And then every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, this is so fucking dumb and annoying. I will say it's, like, not as slow and quiet. As uh, only God forgives, or Drive actually, or Neon Demon. Uh, th- there's a lot more manic energy, but it's also not interesting. So uh, I-, I actually don't recommend Bronson. I don't, I don't think it's worth a recommendation. Uh, Drive still fucks. Okay, you should yeah. you should oh. go back. Well, it's going to be getting cooler around here. I might have to buy myself a jacket. So. Oh, dude, it's, oh, I, it's I, tempting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember what those movies are called, and it's going to be relevant to our evolution conversation. So oh, hell yeah, dude. Uh-oh. Chris is a big, dumb idiot who I hate. <laughs> Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think like a man also. <laughs> see, that's the kind of movie where I'd love to see in the theater because the soundtrack is just so good. And also, uh, the scene where he walks out of the pawn shop and that gunshot goes off scared me more than any horror movie I've seen in the last decade. It is oh. mixed so fucking loud, even in the home yep, release. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But it's the double-edged sort of like, I'd love to see this on a big screen again and hear that music blaring. But the other people that'd be in there, that's, that's a real uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I love the idea of just filled with those fucking scorpion jackets. <laughs> I Truthfully, like, I'm not saying, you know, in the, the near future, but like 10 years from now, I wonder what it costs us to like rent a screen in a theater for like an entire fucking weekend and just like play whatever we want. That can't be more than like five grand, right? If we're buying concessions and shit, dude. Like, uh, they were doing that at the Alamo during uh, the Corona thing, right? I no, they're still doing. They're still doing it, but like they're doing it for like one showing. I'm saying for like the whole fucking weekend, oh. just like bring a crew, and you could be like, like three or four movies a day. Or yeah, something just like that. be be like here. Are, here are four movies each day this weekend. Show up when you want, and just get the boys in there oh, and just man. riff. Like, <laughs> just find like, some like, like that's worth five grand, right? Some like, indie one that's like, well, after yeah, thirty years of closing our doors, like one second. <laughs> well, yeah, one. Uh, we're gonna go out Actually, with a bang. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> we have plans. We all got a 40th birthday eventually. Yeah. Like, well, not at this rate. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, absolute still strong recommend. Still fucks. I was shocked when I hit play and saw it was only an hour 40. I could not believe it. Really? I wanted to cry. Oh. I was so happy. That's, that I was, good, yeah. I was expecting a two hour minimum because... That fucking guy, man. No, I, I will say guy. though, you said hour 40 and I, I was kind of caught in like this weird sort of thing where it's like... For Drive, that's great. But for the horror movies, you're like, oh, come on! Like, oh, dude. If I saw a horror movie and it hits minute 86, I'm fucking livid. Dude, that's been like so many of the next one on the list is uh, A Lizard in Woman's Skin. An oh, hour, fuck, 44 real. minutes. Chris, I thought we assigned you the Hillary documentary. <laughs> <laughs> now that... How fucking long was that one? That was like three hours long. Wasn't it? Oh, that, Parker, yeah. that was Parker, not me. Uh, so. yeah, that does seem like something I would do. Yeah, yeah, Parker actually did that. So the monsters is in your future. 
Okay, let's. <laughs> yes. If that's the game you want to play, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm taking it back. We're friends. Let's put the guns down. So, it's of, all right. I uh, there's a game of games announcement coming later. Spoilers, but uh, I'm busy. Well, all right, uh, Parker, you watch anything? The else? last film I would okay. like to talk about uh, has to do with my jerk of the week, uh, who is of course James Franco, who made a movie that I was signed <laughs> only for that movie not to get released. And I told my good friend Alex, like, hey, this movie doesn't exist, I can't watch it. And he was like, oh, yeah, don't worry, I'll get back to you with something. And then, like, two weeks later, he just messaged me out of the blue, the Peyton Hillis werewolf movie. <laughs> and I froze, like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> like, like the, Mad- like the Madden one, like the Madden cover guy, the VCU of this tournament, that Peyton Hillis? Like, he's like, yeah. The White Rhino? Yeah, the White Rhino himself. Hey, spoilers, <laughs> it's going. on Tubi because of fucking course <laughs> Now, when I say a werewolf movie with Peyton Hillis, do you think in your head, oh, he's definitely the star of this movie? Because guess the fuck what? (laughs) Dominating that screen with his charisma. Well, I mean, you know, his elongated career as a CIA agent, you know, it makes sense, you know. Nobody says the word werewolf until halfway into this fucking movie about <laughs> werewolves. I mean, yeah, it's a werewolf movie. You've seen a million of these. You know that already. But It's, it's just, like a Bigfoot movie, but it's stupider. But there's three people in this small town, and one of them is Peyton Hills being like, wow, who keeps fucking up these bodies? This is crazy. And then they go back to the station like, hey, there's more bodies, and they go investigate. They're like, oh my god, there's more. And then fucking 45 minutes in, the lone Native American's like, you know, your parents look for this werewolf. And you're like, absolutely <laughs> fuck yourself. So let me tell you the thing. Uh, we spend this whole movie watching Peyton Hillis just struggle with PTSD from the war. Constant flashbacks. He's taken tons of medications. He's really fucked up. I wonder who's the werewolf, guys. Uh, could it be the one character we see constantly having flashbacks? Could it be the one character who just like blacks out and then wakes up scared and confused and wondering what happened you'd like to think that but what you don't realize is that the werewolf is actually Peyton Hillis his twin brother who also served in the war (laughs) (laughs) the last minute reveal of him having a twin brother and his twin brother's the werewolf is the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life sounds good though this has been the most challenging week I've ever faced. <laughs> 90 fucking minutes of just the worst dog shit you've ever seen for that reveal. And they don't even try and parent trap it. They don't even put them on screen at the same time. It's such a cop-out. And when you finally get a shot of the werewolf like one-on-one, it looks like a fucking SNL costume. It's the worst mask <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. It is the most spirit Halloween looking oh shit ever with this dude who just looks like a giant human thumb and wearing a leather jacket being like no you can't do this and then the movie's over might have to watch this you <laughs> no, know you don't <laughs> you know some have said that uh trading three and a half dragon balls for saving 90 minutes of my own life is a bad deal but I disagree <laughs> I would have watched it if you didn't with now I don't have commercials. to <laughs> I was in hell. <laughs> it's one of those where I looked at the IP torrents and was like, 
I'm not wasting a so, gigabyte uh, on Park, this. Fuck yourself. Park, Parker, would you say that uh, that Peyton Hills is the biggest criminal the Browns have ever employed? <laughs> well, <laughs> charges pending. <laughs> this is it's pretty close. Oh, it's it's one A one B, you know. The massage terrace has not taken any lives in this quiet Pacific Northwest town. Yet. Yet. <laughs> uh, so thanks, another one marked off the list. <laughs> oh, did it make the list? Uh, yours? The ones you no, well, that's the only one that matters. Yeah. I'm going to submit that one to the list. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it before I watch half those movies from the fucking early 70s. I, also that, yeah. Into. I am so sick of Hammer Horror, by the way. I don't want to hear another fucking person <laughs> yeah, talk to me about it. Yeah, it's real show. old, doesn't it? Yes, yes. You know yes. who else was sick of it? Half of the actors. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Christopher Lee was told multiple times, like, I mean, yeah, you can nod to this movie, but, like, you know, how are those crew members going to feed their families? So he put on that stupid cape and did it anyways. Yeah. Fucking brutal, man. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Alright, so that was The Hunting, a movie that's comparable to Evolution. <laughs> In what way? Well, one was shorter than the other, but that one. Yeah, well, good for that movie. <laughs> well, okay, so Evolution. I guess I ought to perhaps give away why I, uh, why I, I picked this one. So a lot of it really just came down to two things. One, uh, it had uh, uh, Stifler. Yeah, Sean William Scott's in it, and uh, yeah, it like had, I said, it had two songs in it that uh, really stuck with me. So I was like, oh, this will be good. Oh, I don't remember what the songs were. <laughs> it was no, it was a sound. What was it? Let me look. Were there songs in this? Yeah, they played "Play That Funky Music, White Boy." I do remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah if it wasn't the Because I, I had to make sure that was a different was, song than Shake Your Booty before I did my Yoda thing before we started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, a Power... Yeah, there was a Power Man 5000 song. And, uh... Oh, something else. Oh, yeah, there's also the a time Man where, uh... The fucking... 4,999. Yeah. Also, uh... You Are So Beautiful, sung by... Stephanie. So... <laughs> That's why you fu- No, <laughs> no, no, not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to fucking transform, my dude. <laughs> Your hair is suddenly blonde. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, the fact that Sean William Scott is in there does kind of feel like this is made for us. I feel like a lot of Sean William Scott movies should be, like, episode fodder, because there was that point in time... They and, have been, but... Yeah, well, yeah. That's the thing is about, like... We watch like, Bulletproof Monk, too. I know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Holy like... That, that, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, that's, that's why. So, like, there's a time in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, where he was the go-to dumb guy, you know? He is... If you want someone who has a stupid-looking smile, Sean William Scott is your guy. And uh, he starts this movie off strong by throwing a sex doll into an outhouse and then lighting it on fire and then saving her from the outhouse. Right off the bat, I don't know everything I need to know about his character, but I want to know more. I gotta know. It's, the best thing about this scene is, like, the whole time I'm watching it unfold, I'm like, oh, he's committing, like, insurance fraud or something. Like, he's, like, pretending this sex doll is a person. And then he's like, no, I have to save you. Oh, my God. And it's like, oh. 
Oh, okay. I, this is a movie where Sean William Scott is dumber than the average Sean William Scott character. I Well, I have to say, maybe it's because I've watched so many horror movies, but I, I thought that this was just going to be, like, a really bad, like, effect. It's just, like, a bad, like, dummy that they were going to use. It's like, oh, he's killed another person. He's even, oh, he's a wannabe firefighter in, I guess, Arizona is where this takes place. I'm going to say it's Arizona. And uh, yeah. there's a reason I'm going to say that. I'll come back in a little bit. But uh, it turns out he's not the main character of this movie. Uh, the, there are two main characters, I would say. Uh, one is David Duchovny, who played a transvestite in Twin Peaks, and did some other... T- Go ahead, Alex. Oh, wait, 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 Sorry, wait, 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 No, you finish. You can finish, but... Okay. He called on me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, I, I, I can... I can yeah, go ahead, go ahead, That's fine. Uh, no, I just want to let you guys know that uh, our good friend... Uh, Arena Master Dan just spent twenty dollars on Joe Flacco in our fantasy league. So, uh, <laughs> moving yeah, on, continue. Okay. Right, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was important, you know. And uh, Orlando Jones is also in this. He's from the Seven Up commercials where he says, "Show me your cans." Yeah, he's in this one. He's a scientist. Yeah, I uh, I I was under the impression he was the Rams left tackle when Kurt Warner was in town, but uh, that's yeah. a different guy apparently. <laughs> Man, anyway, Tom uh, Bill David Duchovny is. I'm not saying this is why 9-11 happened, but the <laughs> hubris. <laughs> Look, I, so this sucks for me as the resident X-Files fan of our show. Like, I've always been of the opinion that David Duchovny should have had a much better career because he's, like, funny and interesting and things. Mm-hmm. And then I watched this. And I was like, oh, fuck. I think he's you doing this best. I, I actually, I did kind of like it because he's a little bit more stayed when he's on X-Files. Uh, you could really see his personally come out in uh, Twin Peaks, where he plays... Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's really good in that. I think maybe that's a good like inspiration. Like, yeah, maybe he should have had a career. Apparently, he turned down uh, Star Wars Episode Two in order to be in this. So, uh... Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh my god, was David Duchovny almost Mace Windu? (laughs) No. But uh, he was... Anyway. Better movie. Yeah, he he could have almost been in that. Anyway. uh, So, Orlando Jones is not just a left tackle. He's not just a scientist. He's also the coach of a Division Three women's volleyball team. Which is why I think this takes place in Arizona. Because I think Jackie Daytona might be coaching the other team. And I couldn't stop thinking about that for, like, the entire, like, movie. It's just like, if he shows up here, I would be very, very happy. But he doesn't. Better movie. Yeah, That's a full star instead, right there. Instead, there's aliens. Uh, this is, like, one of the things where we're like, what is it? Uh, a meteor crashes into the ground. And immediately I'm thinking, like... Oh, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> yeah. Chris, the meteor doesn't crash on the ground, it crashes into Stifler's car. It crashes into Stifler's car, okay. Very yeah. important for the plot of this movie. Which is kind of funny, because, like, Stifler still drives the car. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's, that's why it's important. Yeah. It's just, like, like, the door's just, like, swinging off the car. Yeah. Oh, no, I no, got it, I just if drive you need like me, this. I'll be in my lap. He uses, like, dental floss <laughs> to, like, hold it in place. Uh, also, yeah, he does play an extremely stupid person. Uh, anyway, uh... The police are, like, like cordoning off the area, and this, the scientist guys just flash, like, their community college badges at the thing, and they just say, I'm authorized, or able to look at it. Which, by the way, I've done that before. It works every single time. People don't want to go through paperwork. So this is, like, actually one of the things that I think about, like, this movie is interesting in the sense that, like, I don't... I still don't understand after watching this movie, like, who it's for or what it's supposed to be, which is, like, part of the reason that I didn't super enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
in watching this on HBO Max, like, the number one recommended movie under this was Down Periscope, which is a movie that is making fun of the Navy that every person I've ever watched it with in the Navy thinks is the most hilarious movie ever. So, like, I feel like if I watched this with, like, a government bureaucrat, I would have had a fucking blast, because I feel like this movie is clearly pointed at somebody, but it's, like, a somebody that I don't know. And... That's, like, that's a compliment. That's not an insult. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, like I, I think that, like, everyone involved in making this movie, like, clearly had an idea of a person that they wanted to make fun of by doing this. I just don't know that person, and I feel like that's why it kind of, like, fell flat for me. Oh. If that makes uh, sense. Well, uh, did you read any of the trivia on, on, on IMDb? For I did not, no, Okay, no, well, this, I, this... I left this one alone. That's your turn. Th- this, might, this might produce a, a low guttural noise from you, but this was originally started as uh, a more serious sci-fi thriller. And, and, then, <laughs> and then, and then uh, when, it's, when it was going along, I guess Ivan Reitman was just like, hey, remember Ghostbusters? Let's do that instead. And thus this movie is... Uh, Sort of more like Ghostbusters, and I'll I'll tell you this: I do I do yeah. love Ghostbusters, so maybe that's why I had a better time with this. But I I don't think that's why I liked it. Just because oh I remember this other better movie. I think the reason I liked it is because it takes itself so unseriously. It's these people yeah. are having so much fun out there, and it feels like almost incongruous with everything else. It feels like it's such a strange movie. The the way that they're talking and they're it just becomes a head and shoulders commercial at the end, not to jump too far ahead. But I, I kind of like the fact that they're making so many jokes throughout this entire thing. Like they're really going with the shotgun approach for jokes. And yeah, not a lot of them hit, but like when they do, I'm having a good time. This is about the scene where they make a very quick pedophilia joke and then they follow it immediately with a pratfall. And that's, uh, wait, what's I'm this? not interrupting you. I just want to say, like, I have to get it on the thing. So no, do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I, um, yeah, well, there's a I'm trying ball. to use the hand correctly. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of fucked up when there's like I'm trying to also use it on like Mayan, so it shows up on the thing. This is gonna be fun to edit. Anyway, well, I, I, just just don't like yeah. I just like I, it's like I don't want to just go to the next point. I have something to say about this. That's what oh. I'm trying to use the hand. But uh, uh well, I lost where I was going anyway. So go ahead. Oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> this is my fault. Um, uh, so no, no, no. Okay, well, I'm gonna give you a very clean edit point here. Great. Um. <laughs> Strange is a great way to describe this movie. Because, like you said, like, there's a lot of Ghostbusters DNA in this movie. This isn't a movie that's, like, acted by comedians. This is, like, a movie that takes a bunch of serious actors and makes them deal with a strange situation. And I think the ways that they do that in a lot of places are lacking but strange is a great word to describe the way that everyone in this movie is treating the movie and i think like that's important to understanding what this movie is because it's not it's not trying to be a serious movie obviously but it's not trying to be like a laugh your balls off comedy it's just like a isn't this situation fucking weird Mm -hmm. and that's like where a lot of the humor comes from and some of it hits and some of it doesn't like you said i think a different cast might have done this more justice but also that doesn't mean i dislike the people in this movie which we're about to get to yeah well that's the thing is like with the 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 way they're going for humor is like they're doing this right in front of the army right again a pedophilia joke right off the bat which is again look what the terrorists took from us our good pedophilia jokes (laughs) uh pratfalls which uh hey shout out to the terrorists look what they took from us 
And then, <laughs> and then Mulder moons the army. <laughs> that that see, like that fucking scene in the context of this movie simultaneously makes no sense and makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like I don't need to see David Duchovny's ass ever, despite the fact that I've seen it several times in my life for reasons we will not get into. Yeah. But uh, Jerkably. um. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, but uh, but like in this movie, it's just like, who would do this? And it's like, oh yeah, the characters in this movie would do this because they're all fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, Which, also, that, I, I, yeah. is that is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Yeah, like, I guess I, I, I guess it does depend. Also, Julianne Moore is in this. I'd like to go to the Wikipedia uh, synopsis right here. It says. A firefighting cadet, which is not the way I describe Stifler in this movie, two college professors, and this is the Julianne Moore part, a geeky but sexy government scientist. That what? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. You, you like like she's sexy because like she's clearly hot as shit in this movie, but she is geeky because she trips over her high heels a couple times. Uh, yeah. Like, so you know, I, it's, you know, yin and yang. It, it is works. not often that I've seen something like that where they're like, oh, which of this person's character floppy? Literally, they go to she's clumsy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a real Zoolander man. bit, yeah. but in a movie with no comedians. So here's the thing: is also talking about how strange this was. It, is they're in a courtroom about like, hey, I want to look at the rock too. Army's not letting us. Not fair, Dad. Come on. And uh, she puts Fox Mulder on the stand and be like, oh, you came up with an anthrax vaccine, right? He's like, yeah, no one got anthrax. I can go now, right? And she's like, yeah, but what else happened? And he goes through the things, uh, the uh, the various symptoms of the people. It was called the cane madness. And there's like a like kind of like a slow zoom on his face. It's like, oh, what a what an awful thing to be associated with. And one of the symptoms is uh, like flatulence or something like that, but also like facial blindness and a, a whole bunch of other maladies. I was like, everything else in this movie is trying to be a joke, and you only came up with like one quick fart joke in that one. You couldn't come up with like oh, but don't worry, the fart jokes come back later. Oh, they do. See, that's the weird thing is like I thought that there was going to be like more jokes. I thought at this point the movie was trying to be a comedy, but then it's trying to be serious in this moment. And for as strange as it is, I don't know if it works, but I kind of liked it. I, I think I was kind of fascinated by it more. Maybe that's a better word to use. Parker, you haven't said anything like this all time. I'm trying to leave space for Parker. <laughs> Me that's too, why I'm yeah. I was, I was like... Yeah. I mean, my set have more like, specific bits later on in the movie, but oh. they come much later on, okay, so I don't right, just right, hop right. around. Okay. Okay, I'll just uh, go to the If, say, if yeah. you want to use the raise hand function. Yeah, if no, you want to. Uh, oh, yeah, no, we'll get there. But I, also, I, I will, will say, uh, yeah. do not appreciate this, Sean William Scott as this character. It's a severe waste <laughs> of the man's talents just to play. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know how I need to see a dog licking cake off someone's balls while he yells, fucking right, doggy, that's good cake. <laughs> like, that's what I want from Sean William Scott. Like, yeah. I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. It's what he's good at. Deputy Doofy, my ass. <laughs> so it's a real waste because <laughs> he has a very specific charisma and energy. In this, he's like, I don't know. What if you're just sixty-two IQ? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, like, like he's dumb in this movie, but like he's dumb, but not that dumb, and he needs to be that dumb. Yeah, yeah. Either like, go full dude, where's my car, or give me Stifler. Yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. You know, this yeah. doesn't work for me. I was going to say, the other thing about this movie that I kind of like is, when I say incongruous for the times, is this doesn't feel like other movies of that era. One of the movies I was reminded of 
vaguely. It's really not tremendously similar, but I think you can go. Where, you can see where I'm going with this. The faculty is, uh, which by the way, the faculty tells way fewer jokes, but is also way funnier. Uh, yeah, it's also yeah. much scarier. Well, this I don't think this movie actually tries to be scary, which is fine. You know, I, I don't think this movie really tries to be funny either. Yeah. But I, you know, I guess someone laughs. Yeah, well, no, I, I I think they try a little too hard to be funny at some points. Uh, but also, the thing about the nostalgia for this one is. I, I didn't see this growing up, but, like, I'm thinking about that era and stuff, and sometimes I, I think, like, technology was better in that time than the movie tries to portray. They go into their office, and they look at the computer, which just says, looking for files, files not found, which means I don't even know how the computer booted up. And later, Boulder says, uh, they took all of our JPEG files, which uh, <laughs> I haven't heard someone talk like that since like computer, like computer commercials from like the 1980s. You know, this one CD-ROM can hold over 4,000 libraries. I, I I hope David Duchovny got paid handsomely for this. Movie I think he did. Because, uh, I'm pretty sure he did. Well, he's acting like the the check was already in the bank account because yeah. he's this is the worst I've ever seen him in anything. Yeah, but I yeah I wasn't yeah, again. Strange is really the word. I'm not quite sure what he was going for. It's like I feel no. I feel like he's in this movie because he's on the X Files. He's the alien guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a movie about aliens. Yeah. Let's get David Duchovny. Yeah. It just feels like such like a corporate boardroom fucking choice. Like yeah, yeah. it doesn't work in this movie yeah. like I, I i'd like not to go into like a whole david company thing but like i feel like he should have had a similar career to what chris pratt has now because he has that kind of like charisma not in the sense that like you know he's not gonna you know go out and get ripped like chris pratt did to try to get action roles mm-hmm. but like the 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 Chris Pratt humor in movies when that was like a thing like that is like what Duchovny is good at just like Mm -hmm. you know off the cuff this sounds like something somebody would naturally say in a conversation if they were a funny person he's amazing at that and like I always felt like he should have had like a movie thing I know he made like you know fucking friends money doing X-Files like the dude's like set for life but like seeing him in this I was just like god damn man I know I know for a fact you're better than this and this Mm -hmm. sucks for me but well, uh, Sorry, continue. It's okay. Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You were trying. That's that's why I was trying to get. I had there. something to say. Let's hear it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, do right, it. Yeah. I mean, Hit the it. whole movie I'm just watching. Like, Butters. oh, he's just doing Bill Murray because it's Ivan yeah. Reitman. And it's yeah. Ghostbusters. He's yeah. just yeah. doing a really exactly. shitty Bill Murray. You know what I don't exactly. like is all but like three Bill Murray performances ever. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Do not fair. care for him at all. It's like, oh, just do that. Just pretend like you don't even want to be here. You don't care about this stupid movie. Hey, little piggy in the audience, you paid for your ticket, right? He doesn't care. Great. Yeah. Love this. See, that was Thank another you. part where Thank it was kind you. of strange. No, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, no, talk. There was another part that was kind of strange to me is, uh, Alex, you said this movie doesn't try to be funny. I, I do disagree there. I do think the movie's trying to tell jokes, but also when it's trying too hard at some points uh, and this also ties into the Bill Murray thing remember in Ghostbusters where Bill Murray's flirting with Sigourney Weaver and you're like okay they're developing a romance there and they kind of have this cute little chemistry you know in this one he's flirting with Julianne Moore and I wasn't sure why and like I, I think she's very pretty and I think he's very pretty but it doesn't I, I think like... that's the answer. I think that's what the movie's answer to that question yeah, is. is but like, it... These are two hot people. They're the only two hot people in this movie. They should be together. Yeah, I couldn't... This is like I... kind of an ugly movie, like in general. Yeah, like, no offense to the people involved. It was involved, very, very but... strange to me because uh, 
it did feel like when they were in the same room that they that they liked each other even and then all of a sudden it's just like before she leaves it's just like do you want me? And she was just like, ah, yeah, whatever. And he's like, okay. You playing your love her. games with like, me? <laughs> 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 I don't know. It was felt kind of strange. Anyway, uh, our two well, genius scientists decide to fuck with the army. <laughs> it's it's insane knowing what the X Files is because the X Files is a show that works because of the cast chemistry. Yes, like Duchovny and Gillian Anderson together are like maybe like the the best like chemistry pairing i've ever seen in anything ever i know you guys are both twin peaks fans so you might have some you know things in that show that people seem to like a lot in terms of like cast chemistry mm -hmm. but to me it's the x-files like like those two together are i think that's a good example yeah and and seeing and seeing him in a movie that he has no chemistry with anybody that sucks for me <laughs> because like I like I I love Duchovny. I really do. And th like watching this, I was just like I'm so bummed. Yeah. It's like I expected him to draw that out of anybody, but I guess the X Files they just nailed the casting. I don't know. Yeah. This came out three months before Zoolander, and his one scene of that is funnier than anything he does in this movie. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. That thank scene you. is incredible. Yeah. It's so good. See, uh, this is a movie. I'm thinking back to other Sean William Scott movies now. This reminds me of Dude, Where's My Car? Because it feels like those two guys would be the ones who would decide to fuck with the army and sneak in there and dress up like pretend army guys to go touch the oh magic <laughs> space rock. And instead, it's the two genius college professors. David Duchovny in the Ashton Kutcher role might be a better movie. <laughs> I'd watch it. That would work. I'd watch it. That would actually... I, I think that might work. I think he's good in that way. Can you imagine him going, like, dude... He's like Sweet. a perfect dumb guy who thinks he's smart. Actually, you know what the perfect role for Duchovny is? No, I'm not. What? You're going to hate this, Chris. Uh -oh. It's the Stephen Baldwin role in Biodome. That's what he should be doing. Like, the guy who is that's like, he's pl he's dumb, but he thinks he's smart, but there's also a dumber guy on scene, so like he's able to like plausibly com like commit the case that uh -huh. he's smart. Like. That's a perfect anymore. This is the scene in which Orlando Jones gets <laughs> anally invaded by an alien mosquito. So, two thousand one, baby. Yeah, this is this is where the movie is trying really, really hard to be funny. And uh, as to whether it succeeds, I'm not sure. There were a couple jokes that I was laughing at. I think one of them was like by the end. Uh, did he say like something like a? Uh, Oh, give me some ice cream. Uh, what flavor? Doesn't matter. It's for my ass. <laughs> oh, I will say, I legitimately such laugh. an '80s joke. It's such a prolonged scene, and it's all you know from the like the POV, like a close up of his face making expression. He's like, yeah. oh, I get yeah, it. He's mugging it. I had a legitimate laugh where it's all over, and the first thing he does is strangle the doctor. <laughs> That's a good bit. <laughs> That's a really good bit. <laughs> I, I did like, it's like, oh, it's going for his balls. Amputate it! Amputate! Because <laughs> most of it is just him going, like his face right over the camera going, oh, oh, oh. And yeah. This is one I, of those I things think, where like, I kept thinking, like, imagine seeing this in a movie theater. <laughs> this is one of those scenes that, like, if it's in a movie that I'm already enjoying, I love this scene. But, like, in a movie that I'm not already into, it just kind of doesn't work. Like, if this is Austin Powers with, like, a... a things swimming around in his skin i'm losing my shit at this scene but it's not that movie for me so like i was just kind of bummed disappointed mm -hmm. it's like there there's a funny joke here they just like these guys haven't convinced me to laugh at it yet oh yeah 
is the way that I describe that, it. Yeah, this is mini me getting inside of his suit. We're all right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, there we go. See, the weird thing about this movie is, uh, I'm going to compare it again to Ghostbusters. I think one of the things that made Ghostbusters work is it's not just funny, but it also feels like there is a legitimate threat. So it almost feels like it's an adventure movie. I'm rooting for these guys. I want them to win against Zool or whatever the big bad guy was in, in Ghostbusters. In this, the alien's kind of a joke. Like, these aliens come from outer space they get here they can't even fucking breathe and it takes until the end of the movie and they're defeated with shampoo which again we'll get to but it all kind of crystallized in uh what i term the closet scene oh you got a bug problem all these bugs leading up to the closet and again i've seen so many horror movies i know how this is supposed to play and instead it's just this uh they call it a dog it's some stupid looking alien thing and the woman's reaching her hand reaching her hand and you're like oh it's gonna bite it's gonna yeah, it has sharp teeth whatever this hideous like head within its mouth comes out and nips her and then it goes yeah, back I've in seen alien. and then yeah. it dies <laughs> she doesn't even bleed so all right uh alex is this not just the puss in boots scene from shrek 2 i guess I, I, it's it's literally the exact the same thing. It's like the the fucking thing comes out of the closet. It's like, oh, look how cute it is, and then it bites her. Like it's like I, I I've seen this in a CGI movie before. Yeah. Like I I know that this movie came out before Shrek Two. I'm not saying that like no no I get you know you. this movie ripped off Shrek no. Two, but like. This is literally done as a joke in a children's movie, not five years later. Yeah. So, like, and which should say something. Like, like, I feel like the people involved in this movie should... Oh, shit, we kind of missed our window on this. Yeah, I guess the but, weird thing for me here is when I was watching, I was like, wait a second, is this movie rated PG? Because if this was PG-13... Yes, were, yes, thank you. Yeah, that's yes. yeah, that's my main thing. It was like, it felt like this was for children. Like, even with the... Uh, Orlando Jones' an- anal invasion scene. It still felt like this is for kids. It felt like, oh, butthole humor instead of, like... Kids would have lost their fucking minds at the fart uh, jokes in this Oh, movie. yeah, oh for sure. God, they they would have gotten nuts. Yeah. I, I feel like this was made for kids. And so- Parker, you still have your hand raised. It's oh, driving me nuts. didn't go away. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta lower it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never lowered mine. I, mine goes away when it's I thought you were being that kid in the back of the class, like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was the kid in the back of the class, but that hand never went up, buddy. I promise yeah. you. So, uh, Alex, shows. Alex, I'm not going to ask you to do uh, a version of You Are So Beautiful that Sean William Scott does, but could you do the bird call that he does to the aliens in the mall? Caca! Caca! <laughs> I think there's the, the one thing in the movie I laughed at, by the way. I knew it! I fucking knew that was going to be your thing. When you guys were talking about things that you laughed at in this movie, I was like, fuck, what was it? And then <laughs> oh, you just you reminded go. me. It's like, oh yeah, of course, I laughed because I'm fucking retarded. <laughs> I mean, speaking of moments where if you're liking the movie, you'll go along with it. When he starts fucking singing, I'm staring at how much time is left. Like, <laughs> I, I got notes written down. I, I have to... How yeah, many I, verses are you going to fucking sing? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's not just that he's singing. Like... Him singing here is fine, but like singing "You Are So Beautiful" acapella in this scene, like totally off key, feels like a joke from a '70s movie. Right? Yeah, it feels like something that like Dino Spumoni when he was down on his luck in a Hey Arnold episode would do. Like, they could find a funnier song in 2001. Yeah. So what? What I like? What are we doing? So what I thought is, I went to the IMDb, because this movie smelled like Ghostbusters already. My first thought is, apparently a lot of the dialogue in Ghostbusters was improvised. I don't know if that's true, but whatever. 
And I thought, oh, Sean William Scott must have done that right off the cuff, and everyone was just like, hey, let's go along with this. No Maybe way. this will play. That's yeah. uh, not in the IMDb trivia, so apparently someone wrote down, he sings, you are so beautiful. That's... Which is... No, no, no nobody as, as quote-unquote young as Sean William Scott would have gone for that song in that spot in 2001. I guess not. Like, well, yeah, well, whoever wrote it down uh, whiffed on that one. That is a misfield. It would have... <laughs> Like, if Sean William Scott is ad-libbing there, it's, like, fucking Spice Girls or something. Yeah. Like, something that's, like, culturally yeah. relevant at that right. point in time yeah. when he's a young person. Yeah. Not a song that has been a joke for 20 years already. Yeah. Like, so, like, again, it's just, it felt strange. And another strange thing is they beat the aliens in the mall, and then they're driving down the, the freeway listening to play that funky music, White Boy. And it, I know what that scene is. That scene is the Ghostbusters, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh, we're good at our job sort of thing. But they're not starting a business or anything. They're not the Alien Busters. I, I didn't... It felt like that scene was, like, a little too long. If, like, they had just played that as, like, a one-off joke, I think I would have laughed really hard. Instead, I was just like, do I have that song on iTunes? Maybe I should download that. But I didn't even crack yeah, the Yeah, you do. I don't. I don't have that one. I should get That's that. That's impossible. Yeah. When he said a, s- a more current song, my brain immediately went to him singing No Scrubs and tell me it's not a better movie. It, <laughs> yeah. It fits perfectly. Like, oh, like, that would have been a lot off, better. In off-key No Scrubs or even something like Waterfalls, like, that's, that's <laughs> Waterfall, such yeah, a better that's, movie. I think it would have laughed. Yeah, yeah that would have been yeah, a lot better. Happened. Exactly. Yeah. So, wait, who wrote this? Let me look that up. Go ahead. So, this is going to be uh, a weird comparison because I'm now comparing this movie to a movie that I love. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea that Ghosts of Mars was supposed to be, like, Escape from <laughs> oh, New York 3, like, that, like, kind of feels ingrained in this movie to me. Is like, when you think about it in the context of Ghostbusters, they're just like, hey, here's all the Ghostbusters ideas we didn't get to do anything with, but we have CGI for aliens now. So just, uh, let's just, like, spit this on a page and go with it. That makes sense to me. Like that—that that explains why this movie is the way it is. Oh yeah, because I'm uh, not saying that's sorry. the case, but like, no, 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 you're good. Because Bill Murray just like av- outwardly just refused to ever, ever, ever greenlight Ghostbusters three because they had this weird shit in their contracts where mm-hmm. all four of them had to agree on it to get it made. So he just mm-hmm. like he wouldn't even read the scripts. Like he would just flat out say no. So like they'd all give up on at that point. So I was like, all right, let's just do Ghostbusters again, but with a hot new cast. And there's big CGI monsters, and it's like, yeah, well, you may have the original director, but it doesn't have yeah, it's, anything it's, it's not else. A, yeah. So, so here is possibly my hottest take on this movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Chris. I don't know oh, I was gonna say. Well, the other thing it has in common with Ghostbusters is uh, if I wish I had the sound from the original Space Jam. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. He's just there all of a sudden. You're like, what? Why? Why, why are we? Okay, fine. He's in the movie. He doesn't say anything. Could, could he use some more of them? I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it would have helped. Yeah. Um, but uh, here is my take on this movie. Uh-huh. This would have been a great Adam Sandler movie. Probably. If yeah. they went that direction, yeah. this would have worked. Like Adam Sandler fighting shitty 2001 CGI aliens. Great movie. Oh yeah. Hey, you just you need somebody who is funny in this movie mm-hmm. and. They have Stifler, and they don't use him like Stifler. And it just, it really hurts for it. Yeah. But if, if you have some, at this point in time, like with how quote-unquote famous Sandler was at that point in time, you know, coming off, you know, like, I guess the last movie he would have done at this point was like Big Daddy. 
Like, I think that's around the same thing. That's, like, right in the Sandler wheelhouse. And I'm yeah. sure he was asking for a gazillion dollars to do literally anything. Right, But, like, yeah. you put him in the Duchovny part here, like, this movie rules. Yeah. I think it's actually good. Yeah. But well, it's so close. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's so close. I will say, I, I was thinking of the only other, well, this is the only other note that I have. And I've mentioned already that the way that they beat the aliens is with head and shoulder shampoo. Uh... And they say, oh, because it has selenium. First of all, the fact that they're like, oh, well, arsenic is human's poison because we're carbon-based. Because you go down like this on the periodic table, they're nitrogen-based, so we go over here and it's selenium. First of all, that's not really how the periodic table works. But also... But also, it's a great take-off-your-shirt joke. Yeah. It, so. <laughs> and it, which, by the that way... kind of works. I'm watching it right <laughs> after the uh, the Woodstock documentary, uh, was like, oh, sexism. And it was like, everyone kept saying, show me your tits. When he says, quick, take off your shirt and Ethan Suppley and Donkey Lipster I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> which by the way they had I think my favorite line in the whole movie where they were they were like yeah head and shoulder shampoo it has selenium in it and they were like you don't know anything how do you guys know that and they pointed their frosted tips <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 like alright alright the, that's mo- a, the movie that's won a me good up joke in a yeah. better movie right exactly that, that's why it's so frustrating it almost feels like it was ahead of it's time because I thought at that point we just didn't talk about the frosted tips but they are just like Ugh. so uh, then they decide that they give it a selenium enema and Orlando Jones is riffing as hard as he can I think he's about to explode and uh, he is covered in several juices. And then the movie ends, fades to black, and then it comes back and it was like, by the way, by head and shoulders, and then the credits roll. I was like, I should be insulted by that. I should be fucking That's a, that's a, that's a Spaceballs joke in 2001. It feels like, like it, yeah. It, it, but apparently, it, I, I did some research into this, apparently at the time, head and shoulders did not have selenium in its formula, but put it in there specifically because of this movie. This is all a corporate tie-in to buy head and shoulders, so... Uh, I, good for them, yeah, I guess. I, I, but... Get your money how you can. I mean, I, I get, Aren't like, movies magical, I, you guys? <laughs> I know for a fact that I am the one person on this podcast that does not have a dandruff problem, so... <laughs> I, 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 well, you guys are going to have to explain no that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. yeah. You do have a head Sometimes and you have shoulders, so. <laughs> For now. I got no neck, though. <laughs> I'm all shoulders. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> and this is the Robespierre. <laughs> now I'm thinking of Robespierre. <laughs> Anything else about this movie doesn't feel like there's a lot of substance here. I didn't, like, outwardly dislike it. I just... I mean, it's a comedy, and I was sitting here like, oh, that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Which is not not optimal for I will comedy. say that, like, watching this through the lens... $60 million. <laughs> I will say that watching it through the lens of, oh, they were trying to do Ghostbusters kind of takes some of the fun out of it, like learning how potato chips are made. But, I, I don't know, I, it was more fun just to kind of watch it and just be like, huh, that was weird. They went for this, huh? And again, I didn't hate it. I was, I've seen so many worse things. So, so worse. But as far as, like, is this what I want from science fiction? No. But I still laughed a couple of times, so... And it was worth it just for the Frosted Tips joke. So. Uh, Alex, your takes before we uh, close this out? Um, I think you guys have gotten most of my takes on this. However, I have some Game of Games things to say once you guys are done. Um, I would say that I did not enjoy this movie, but also I'm not mad that I watched it, because... A movie from 2001 with this cast is something that I should have seen by now. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal failure that I haven't. Well, so, uh, Learning experience for everybody <laughs> involved. Yeah. Uh, my last thing is, uh, you know, we talk about the meteor a lot. 
and every time they bring it up, I just think to myself, has Chris seen Joe Dirt? I have not seen. I have not seen Joe Dirt. <laughs> All right, on to the game. Are we going to do a Joe Dirt beer fest double episode at some point? Like, like I, a week we have nothing. Just make Chris watch our uh, the comedies I'll, that we've seen. I'll watch Joe Dirt. I, I got nothing against not. like whatever the idea of watching Joe Dirt. It's probably not horrible. So he said, wow. "No, I could regret those words." <laughs> Kid Rock has a sizable performance in that movie. You're going to hate Joe Dirt. Uh, Kid Kid Rock was one of my favorite parts of the Woodstock 99 documentary because everyone's talking about, yeah, it was 110 degrees, it smelled like balls, and he comes out of his performance in a fucking fur coat. (laughs) It's pretty good. We should should make him watch Biker Boys with a Z. Oh, Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, boy. Great. Uh, Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Mm -hmm. That's actually, that's probably worth talking about. Uh Were they battling for lids? <laughs> I gotta get those lids, bro. Uh, your boys with a Z, of course. Yeah, right underneath Born to Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the announcements, buddy. I'm very excited. Okay, so uh, for the game of games this year, we're gonna keep things a little bit more simple than normal, but in a very charitable and equitable way for both my fellow co-hosts and everyone involved in listening to the show uh so i want you guys to know this right now you know so you can have this in mind before week one of the season each week you're gonna we're not gonna have teams you're gonna have access to every game that's out there and the goal is you can pick five like this is no like vegas line bullshit or like gambling shit or anything like that it's just look at five games that you want pick five winners your record will matter for you know picking winners versus losers but also the point differential in the game will matter because what we're going to do this season is we're going to have a little time bank and for every point that if you win you beat the other team by you get another minute added to your time bank that you can use to assign things to other people And I'm going to rely on you guys when we're doing assignments to know how many minutes the things you're assigning are going to going to be. Like, think about it ahead of time. Right. We're not going to put people on the spot and, you know, kill ten minutes of dead air this season, you know, looking for, like, oh, fuck, i got to assign somebody. I have Parker. Oh, what you sure hate if we waste the time yeah. on this show. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, uh... Um, but just know that when we record our episode the last week of the preseason, like... We're going to be picking five games each. You can pick whatever games you want. And then after everybody picks, I'm going to, like, there's going to be, you know, Dragon Balls and shit like that. That, like, they're going to show up on random games. And if you get the winner on that game, cool. But, like, you're not going to know that going in. Uh, It's going to be much more fair. It's going to be much less, you know, like, hey, here's a week where I assign Chris four movies. Uh, But, uh... I think it's gonna work out for everybody because it's gonna really gonna test your uh your knowledge of the nfl season but only kind of you know it's like if you, if you want the philly if you want philly against the lions week one it's like yeah but are they gonna win 20 to 17 or are they going 37 to 7 like i want those extra minutes so i can assign parker you know more episodes of rock power yeah oh seven. i'd hate it so much <laughs> if you did that <laughs> <laughs> anything but, but that but in, in order to avoid a lot of the uh, the content overload that some of us have had to endure in at certain weeks or months during the previous seasons. That's how we're going to do it. And it's going to be fair, and it's going to be equitable, and may the best man win. I won't. 
cuddle bed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, no! And that's the tea, sis.